0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about glomerular nephritis. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash glomerular nephritis or in the renal section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight in. When we're talking about glomerular nephritis, there's some very important definitions that you need to understand because it can be quite a complex topic until you really understand each of the individual definitions. A lot of the words sound quite similar, and it's easy to get a bit mixed up with the meaning of different words. Nephritis, to start with, is a very generic term that means inflammation in the kidneys. Remember, neph refers to the nephrons, which are in the kidneys, and itis refers to inflammation. Nephritis is a very nonspecific descriptive term and is not a diagnosis or a syndrome that has any specific criteria. It's easy to get confused and think that when a patient is described as having nephritis that this is a diagnosis. It's not an individual diagnosis, it's simply a descriptive term that says the patient has inflammation within the kidneys. Nephritic syndrome or acute nephritic syndrome refers to a group of symptoms and not a diagnosis. When we say a patient has nephritic syndrome, it simply means they fit a clinical picture of having inflammation in their kidneys and it does not represent a specific diagnosis or give an underlying cause for the nephritis. Unlike with nephrotic syndrome, with nephritic syndrome there's no set criteria. However, the following features can characterize nephritic syndrome. So nephritic syndrome can involve hematuria which means blood in the urine and this might be microscopic meaning that it's not visible to the naked eye or macroscopic meaning that you can see the redness in the urine of the blood. Oliguria is another feature and that means there's a significantly reduced urine output. Another feature is proteinuria which is protein in the urine. And in nephritic syndrome, there's less than 3 grams per 24 hours of urine that's collected. So less than 3 grams of protein leaks out of the kidneys into the urine per 24 hours. If it's more than 3 grams, it starts to be classified as nephrotic syndrome. And the final feature of nephritic syndrome is fluid retention. So this could be edema peripherally or in the lungs, which we call pulmonary edema. Next, we need to specify what nephrotic syndrome is. A nephrotic syndrome refers to a group of symptoms without specifying the underlying cause. Therefore, nephrotic syndrome is not a disease, but it's a way of saying the patient has these symptoms and features. To have nephrotic syndrome, a patient must fulfill the following criteria firstly, peripheral edema, so fluid building up in the peripheral tissues, proteinuria, specifically more than 3 grams in 24 hours, a low serum albumin of less than 25 grams per liter and hypercholesterolemia or high cholesterol level. Glomerulonephritis is an umbrella term applying to conditions that cause inflammation of or around the glomerulus. Therefore there's many conditions that can be described as being glomerulonephritis because all it means is inflammation of or around the glomerulus. We're going to talk about a list of types of glomerular nephritis and these are specific diseases and diagnosis that have their own pathophysiology. Interstitial nephritis is a term used to describe a situation where there's inflammation of the space between the cells and the tubules and this space is called the interstitium within the kidneys. It's important not to confuse this with glomerular nephritis Under the umbrella term of interstitial nephritis there are two specific diagnoses. Firstly acute interstitial nephritis and secondly chronic tubulo-interstitial nephritis and we'll discuss both of these specific diagnoses later in this episode. Glomerulus sclerosis is a term to describe the pathological process of scarring of the tissue in the glomerulus. It's not a diagnosis in itself and it's more a term used to describe the damage and the scarring that's done by other diagnoses. Glomerular sclerosis can be caused by any type of glomerulonephritis or obstructive uropathy, which is a blockage of urine outflow, and by a specific disease called focal segmental glomerulosclerosis. So let's talk about some specific types of glomerulonephritis, and each disease has its own epidemiology, causes and treatment. It's easy to get overwhelmed and confused since they're all very similar in their names and it's easy to get mixed up between the diseases. I'd suggest not trying to learn the details of every disease until you really understand the basics. If you understand the basics you'll be ahead of most of your colleagues and most doctors. The types of glomerulonephritis are minimal change disease, vocal segmental glomerulosclerosis, Membranous glomerular nephritis, IgA nephropathy, which is also called mesangioproliferative glomerular nephritis or Berger's disease, post streptococcal glomerular nephritis, which is also known as diffuse proliferative glomerular nephritis, mesangiocapillary glomerular nephritis, rapidly progressive glomerular nephritis, and Goodpasture syndrome. While that's a very long and intimidating list of words that all sound fairly similar, it's worth learning some key facts that will allow you to answer almost all the exam questions on glomerulonephritis without getting overwhelmed and confused trying to learn everything about every condition that affects the kidneys. Most types of glomerulonephritis are treated with immunosuppression such as steroid medications because it's a type of inflammation and immunosuppression settles down inflammation and halts the progression of the disease. They're also treated with tight blood pressure control by blocking the renin-angiotensin system. So usually this is with ACE inhibitors and an alternative is angiotensin receptor blockers. It's worth knowing about nephrotic syndrome and nephrotic syndrome usually presents with edema. So patients might notice frothy urine because of proteinuria and it's worth remembering that nephrotic syndrome predisposes patients to thrombosis, so developing blood clots having high blood pressure or hypertension, and developing high cholesterol. The most common cause of nephrotic syndrome in children is minimal change disease. And this is quite a common exam question. If you have a young child who develops edema and low albumin and has proteinuria, the likely cause is minimal change disease. And this is usually idiopathic, meaning there's no identifiable cause and it can be successfully treated with steroids in most cases. The most common cause of nephrotic syndrome in adults is focal segmental glomerular sclerosis. Next we'll talk about IgA nephropathy which is also known as Berger's disease and this is the most common cause of primary glomerular nephritis. The peak age of presentation of IgA nephropathy is in the 20s and in your exams when they have a renal biopsy the histology will show IgA deposits and glomerular mesangial proliferation and the clue is that this is a type of glomerular nephritis caused by immunoglobulin A so you would expect IgA deposits within the histology of a renal transplant. The next one to talk about is membranous glomerular nephritis and this is the most common type of glomerular nephritis overall and there's a bimodal peak in age at which this presents in the 20s and in the 60s and the histology will show IgG and complement deposits on the basement membrane and remember the basement membrane is what separates the blood from the filtrate inside the glomerulus and forms the barrier across which chemicals and water will filter in the kidneys. The majority of cases, around 70% of membranous glomerulonephritis, nephritis are idiopathic so there's no clear cause but it can also be secondary to malignancy, rheumatoid disorders like rheumatoid arthritis and medications such as non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Next we'll talk about post streptococcal glomerulonephritis, which is also known as diffuse proliferative glomerulonephritis. nephritis. And patients who present with post-streptococcal glomerular nephritis are typically under 30 years old and it presents one to three weeks after streptococcal infection. So this could be after tonsillitis or impetigo and they develop a nephritic syndrome, meaning inflammation in the kidneys and usually there's a full recovery without any specific treatment, just with supportive management. Next we'll talk about good pasture syndrome and this is where something called anti-GBM or anti-glomerular basement membrane antibodies attack the glomerulus and the pulmonary basement membranes. And this causes glomerular nephritis and also pulmonary hemorrhage. So in your exam, there might be a patient that presents with acute renal failure and hemoptysis, which is coughing up blood because of the pulmonary hemorrhage. And if that's the case, the answer is good syndrome when they ask you what's the likely cause. And finally, rapidly progressive glomerulonephritis. It's worth knowing that this has histology which shows crescentic glomerulonephritis. It presents with a very acute illness with sick patients but it responds well to treatment and it's often secondary to good pasture syndrome. So in summary, this is quite a complex topic that can be very confusing but if you understand the very basics of the definitions, and you have a few of these key facts in your head, you can answer the vast majority of exam questions on this topic. And you'll also sound confident and knowledgeable to your colleagues and any renal physicians that you might talk with in the future. Thanks for listening to this episode on glomerular nephritis. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. It wouldn't be possible to maintain it without its hard work and reliability. If you found this podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other podcast episode topics you can find them in the Zero to Finals Medicine book which is available on Amazon or on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com. If you want to do me a favor and help me out I'd be really grateful for a rating or review on the iTunes podcast store and I hope you tune in for the next episode which will be on diabetic nephropathy.